Hello and welcome back to Bushwalker's Diary. This is season 2, episode 6. Today I have brought you a very special guest. His name is Tim Fox. I met Tim through Bankstown Bushwalking Club and not only he trains people in abseiling, rescue, but he's an amazing person to get to know. So here we have Tim. Hello, Tim. Thank you for joining us on Bushwalker's Diary. How are you, how are you today? Yeah, very well. Very well. Thank you, Kavita. It's a, a pleasure to, to join. Thanks for the invitation. So I'll start uh, by introducing you to the, uh, my audience. So I met Tim through Bankstown Bushwalking Club. Uh, so, Tim, would you like to tell a little bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, I've um, I, I joined Bankstown Bushwalking Club uh, in 1985, um, a fair while ago, uh, and um, I had just joined the fire brigade, uh, and I uh, I was looking for uh, all of my mates that I that I went walking with that started careers and and were married with uh, starting families and that. So I was looking for. Um, people to go out with on a more regular basis so I joined the bushwalking club and uh, it's, it's been very very good I've uh, been enjoyed it ever since yeah, great so. I, I see that you have actually been in the scouts as a kid as well so I'm quite interested to learn your journey from in being in the scout to being a rescue instructor in fire brigade because I've never actually met anybody who has done as many rescues as you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, look, I, I was very, very lucky. I joined, I joined Scout, joined <laughs> our local senior Scout group, Venturers, um, and uh, started uh, bushwalking, um, abseiling, uh, caving uh, from a, a fairly early age, about sixteen. Uh, when I was doing, you know, I just started in it. I loved it and uh, been doing it ever since. So we had a really good uh, bunch of mates that I was in scouts with um, and we had a really good enthusiastic scout leader um, who would just pick stuff for us to do and send us off and, uh, and we would do it uh, on our own. One of those trips was uh, that he sent us down was Arathusa Canyon um it was he, he picked it out of a, a a book written by rick jamison uh of the uh, the jamison uh, valley family and uh rick had written a book on uh, on outdoor activities uh for scouts and uh we just picked arathusa canyon and that's where i learned some navigation skills learned how to, uh, how to go through um, uh, canyons learned some bushwalking skills on that particular trip uh, we, we, uh, we got held up overnight got benighted in the first canyon that I tried and um, and we made a tactical retreat and uh, so um, you know from there I learned the the wisdom of if you if you run out of time best thing to do is to turn around and and um, come back out uh, retrace our steps and give it another crack later and uh, yeah so that's the you know that was a, a very valuable lesson that I learned as a as a 16 17 year old and uh, from then uh, with the bunch of mates bunch of friends we through scouts we kept on going through lots of canyons and lots of um you know some large bushwalks bike rides and um and caving trips and we just had a a really good time and it was a a, a great thing to learn um so you know we um i did uh Kenangra to katoomba um via urandari um that got my my love of the Kenangra area i did that as a teenager um and uh yeah, bike riding, did the Sydney to Kiama and rode out to a, a little creek in, at Fox Ground. Um, did Again, did that whilst I was in high school. And um, we just enjoyed all of that, those types of activities. And, um, yeah, got me a love for the, for the Canangra area and, um, and doing nice, you know, the big trips, big abseil trips, big canyon trips down through, uh, through the Canangra area. So, um, yeah, it's just I, I've loved it um, and uh, I, uh, I've kept my love for it um, and uh, that's, again, that's why I enjoy doing the, the trips with, uh, with Bankstown Bushwalking Club. And, um, 
Yeah, so uh, and lucky enough uh, to uh, to start a career in the fire brigade uh, in in 1985, and uh, I had a, a fantastic career in the fire brigade. Retired uh, just over two years ago now, but I got to I got to do the things that I love doing, um, and uh, as a as a, um, I got to do them for a job. Um, and I spent the majority of my career uh, in the fire brigade uh, doing rescue. Um, and with that, I was doing um, uh, the, the road crash rescue, plus uh, I was a, a, um, a, a cordage instructor, as they call it, a rope rescue instructor. Um, and through that, um, yeah, just learnt a lot, did a lot of courses. Um, I did courses uh, with the uh, uh, with many of the emergency services throughout New South Wales, um, and then um, uh, doing and I just learnt the craft of of rescue um, of rope rescue, um, and every time you 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 do some training with somebody else, you learn something new. To continually continually learning, and then uh, I enjoy teaching it as well. And um, yeah, so teaching, uh, you, you, you really learn something um, when you try and teach it. And uh, I've been teaching rope rescue and mechanical advantage for, for many decades now. And uh, there are some people who get it straight away, but the ones that I find more interesting are those that, that can't understand it, don't quite understand uh, all of the mechanical advantage and, uh, and how, to, uh, how to perform rescues. And uh, I keep on trying and trying to, uh, uh, to find a better way of teaching it. I'm still trying to perfect the way of teaching it, um, trying to teach mechanical advantage and rope rescue in a way that, uh, that everybody can understand. Um, and I haven't achieved that yet, and I'm going to keep on trying. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that I love uh, about, um, about um, uh, teaching um, rope rescue caves re uh, uh, skills for, for both canyon rescues and caves rescues. Uh, yeah. Then I'll keep on keep on trying something that gives me a lot of joy these days uh, to try and teach. Wow, that that's fantastic, Tim, because I met you. I remember during Clostral Canyon, uh, that was my first trip with Bankstown Bushwalking Club, mm -hmm. and uh, I just was so impressed. The whole crew was quite confident in their skills, and I remember it was such a fantastic trip together. I see you teach because I haven't. I have joined your trips for uh, rescue skills day in the club. I wonder because, as you mentioned, some people get it straight away. Some people take a while. And I have seen we did some Zoom sessions during COVID as well. And I, I remember you trying to explain it. Sometimes I had even few questions too. I think it takes a lot of patience. So have you always been this patient teaching people? <laughs> uh, I, I, I certainly, I certainly try to be patient um, teaching. I, um, uh, you know, if 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 you're teaching something and you can't get the message across, it's certainly uh, I, I never try and uh, look for excuses. I just try and find better ways of teaching it, better ways of demonstrating it that's clear, so that they can, so that people not only understand it uh, at the time, uh, but are able to repeat it on their own later that's the, the the true test is if you can um if you're able to teach it if they can learn something but then repeat it a few weeks uh or a few months afterwards if they can do that they've they've uh, really understood it um and uh and that's that's the, the the biggest test that i have um and we're trying to simplify the systems um and uh we've got a, a fairly fairly good i believe simple system for for doing um, rope rescues these days um and the and they're all improvised systems these are things that people that that canyoners or cavers uh, rec can do recreationally um and the easiest way to do that these days is just using gregories um and and setting up 
two um, three to one mechanical advantage systems side by side. Uh, that's the easiest way to do it, but again, far too difficult to attempt to explain uh, over on um, uh, on a podcast. But um, that's that's what I attempt to do. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, I did a lot. I, I did a lot of training myself uh, back in the early days when. Um, uh, with the bushwalking club, uh, they had um, the um, the uh, caves, New South Wales caves rescue group. Uh, with the bushwalking club, we uh, I went along on some um, sessions run by the uh, caves rescue association uh, in um, New South Wales caves rescue group down at Bungonia, and right. uh, I got some really good skills down there. And uh, and and was had a had a good understanding of uh, of mechanical advantage. Uh, but I, I read some uh, books. One in particular by um, Tim Setnicker, uh, who was a, a, a um, used to um, be part of a rescue group in Yosemite National Park in America, and he wrote a very very good book. And then um, on uh, and particularly a chapter on mechanical advantage and uh, and rope rescue. And um, then I was lucky enough to do some courses with the fire brigade um, with a, uh, a, a guy called Reed Thorne from the, from the States, came out and ran some courses in Australia. I was lucky enough to go on two of those courses and he cemented my knowledge of mechanical advantage and the way, uh, the way he taught it and um, it just all made sense. And now I, I know that there's nothing about mechanical advantage and, and, and rescue that I couldn't do. And that's what I try and teach uh, on, um, on the courses that we run. And it's something that I, I believe uh, every, every group who, uh, who goes caving and canyoning uh, should practice. Uh, some rescue techniques, and we certainly do in Bankstown Bushwalking Club. Yeah. Great, thank you. And I have been lucky enough to attend one of those sessions, and I, I think I remember trying performing rescue with Grigri as you taught us. And I'm, I'm thinking because we had a bit of a gap with COVID, and when you learn these things in a session, what is your advice for Kenyaners? Because once you do a session, probably they don't have to use it till the such situation arises, what's the best way to learn these skills and be, be ready to use them in a Kenyan rescue if they need to be uh, yeah. using these skills in future? Yeah, the, the only way to do it is to practice um, and, um, and practice, uh, practice with, um, uh, you know, one, uh, one other person, if you can, uh, just practice in a in a in a garage, in a in a tree, uh, in a local park. Practice your rescue techniques, um, and uh, you know, if you once you can do that on your own and replicate it, uh, just you know, you're fairly well. You know, you're set, but um, uh, that's that's the only way to do it is to to just practice and start with the easy things. Just start with setting up mechanical advantage and and um, you know uh, dragging an object along the ground. It's the easiest way to do it. Just start it very simple and uh, and build from there. And uh, the the most difficult thing that you can do is um, you know grabbing someone who is stuck on a rope um, you know, abseiling down to them or prussicking down to them or prussicking up to them and doing what they call a mid-rope rescue, um, a mid-rope pick-off, uh, the most difficult thing you can do. And if you, you know, anyone who, who tries to start that uh, as the, the, first, um, you know, the first skill that they learn will find it very, very difficult. So start with the basics. Start with your easy um, three-to-one mechanical advantage systems. And, uh, and and take it from there. But, um, you know, the, the, doing the rescues, doing the practice is, is, is one thing, best thing to do. The best thing of all, though, is, uh, is getting out, uh, practising your, your safe canyoning skills and safe, ca safe caving skills um, <clears throat> so that you won't need, hopefully, won't need to do any rescues. Correct. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I heard you because you do a lot of rescues and you teach cave rescue as well. How would you describe the confined space rescue and cave rescues? Because I've watched some documentaries and there's not much space 
for a person to crawl sometime, let alone gears and two people to be together in that space. How would you define that kind of experience? I'm feeling you're pretty comfortable with confined spaces because you have done a lot of caving and you do rescue even now. So to our audience, would you be able to describe it a little bit? Oh, yes, the, um, I, I am fairly comfortable with the, with the confined space. I don't suffer from claustrophobia. Um, but we did the, the um, we practiced a lot of, uh, of confined space rescues uh, on the, I, I did uh, building collapse rescue. Uh, and was a um, the, the the science of building collapse rescue uh, is basically you know when a, whenever a building falls down during for any particular reason uh, but usually earthquakes or landslides uh, we have a, a a team that go in and rescue the people from those situations so the confined spaces that we go into are main that we practiced. Uh, were from uh, simulated building collapse rescues um, with the fire brigade and those skills transfer to any environment um, and uh, they're certainly perfectly suited for uh, for cage rescue um, and yeah, there you just you need some um, some good stretches uh, so that they can people can slide you can slide the people out on some very uh, small confined space uh, stretches. There are quite a few of them around, uh, quite a few on the market, but it's it's fairly specialised. Um, and um, yeah, just learning how to do those uh, with very, very small stretches um, and working with a very good team. And uh, like I said, I've been lucky enough to practice that with uh, with many different groups um, uh, from the from the fire brigade, from the, the Volunteer Rescue Association Caves Rescue Group uh, through to the New South Wales SES. Um, and uh, yeah, we've practiced a lot with all of those groups and um, yeah, those skills have kept us in, in good stead um and um yeah they've yeah I've, I've used them a couple of times come across some people who are stuck uh, who have been injured inside the caves the easiest thing to do is to to take them out uh to to get them to help um to help get them out of the cave the easiest way possible uh, rather than making something more difficult than it needs to be. Um, and we've done that uh, quite a few times with both members of our own club uh, who have um, gotten into some difficulties at times uh, and uh, and people that we've come across from other, other groups uh, caving recreationally. And uh, we've always been able to come up with a plan uh, and uh, and help get them out of the cave safely. So um, yeah, that's it. Like I said they're good skills to have, uh, but you just need to you need to practice them. And there are plenty of different groups that do practice them. Uh, and in, in particular, scouts and scout leaders practice their rescue skills. Um, one of the members of our bushwalking club, Bankstown Bushwalking Club, uh, who I was in scouts with um, many many years ago when I was in Scouts and he is uh, a, a member of the Bushwalking Club plus a member, uh, an instructor for Scouts and I help, uh, help him run some uh, rescue courses with Scouts. So in many different groups practice, uh, practice those rescue skills and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the only way to do it, practice it and um, practice it in easy settings to begin with and they get progressively more and more difficult situations and uh, yeah with a, with you can do um, you can make improvised stretches and um, and improvised sheets you can turn a, uh, a, a tarp or a ground sheet into an improvised drag stretcher uh, and you can get some people out of some pretty tight spaces uh, with that sort of improvised technology uh, the more you do it the more you practice the better off you the better off you'll be you talked about collapse building. I, I, I don't know how I'll ever even think about that because that's very brave of you and all the people in fire rescue and SES who even try that and try to help other people. I think that's very admirable. And I, I know apart from teaching people you yourself do a lot of adventures and not just caving but canyons bike ride and you do a lot of long distance bushwalking as well 
And uh, recently I was lucky enough to see one of uh, some of your trips, which you have done with your brother as well. Would you like to tell the audience a little bit about your bushwalking and bike rides as well, Tim? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I, I've, um, over the last day, quite a few years, have done some some good trips and I mainly do those with my brother, with my brother Rob. Um, yeah, the, so the, the two of us have done a lot of stuff. It started off in New South Wales, just doing the human hovel track down from, uh, we just did it from, jumped on a wee Jasper and went down to Albury. Um, Katoomba to Mittagong, uh, you know, a classic walk. Um, and then we uh, we just started looking at some uh, some of the more, uh, some of the longer walks and the, the 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 next one that we had a good crack at was the the Bibbenman track in uh, in from Perth to Albany in Western Australia and that's uh, we did that in two chunks in two two um, 25 day trips it takes about 55 to 60 days to do the thousand kilometers from Perth to Albany uh, and we we did that in um, uh, in two trips over um to annual leave periods when uh, when both of us were still working and that was a that was a great bushwalk uh something i highly recommend and just being um you know being out and you, you spend a lot of time on your own many many days before you can go many days before coming across anybody and uh that's the one of the things we like is just the 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 planning that that goes into it and the the solitude that you get whilst you're walking um yeah, they're they're great trips and the Bibberman track is a fantastic uh trip uh in um uh, in south in, in western australia that's very good they've also got the the parallel bike ride the mundabidi track again a thousand kilometer bike ride uh, usually do it in about 21 days um and uh just <clears throat> uh, my most recent trip was the mawson trail the adelaide up to the flinders ranges uh, finishing off at uh, Blinman and then riding across to Parachilna to get back home. And um, again, another one thousand kilometre bike ride. And they are—they're just very good, very enjoyable trips. Um, and uh, there, you know, there's just a lot to be said for for great big bike rides like that. And um, and then the the latest trip that I did was the the one in um, uh, New South Wales, uh, the Central West Cycleway. Um, we do it from uh, start at, uh, at Dubbo and go across um, to Mudgee and then back around, uh, back to Dubbo again. And it's about you know, 430 or so kilometres. We usually do it in seven or so days. We don't break any speed records uh, and we just take our time doing it. And that, again, that's very, very enjoyable trips. And um, since, you know, that's one of the one of the few trips that we can do these days, you have to look at trips inside New South Wales until all of the COVID restrictions are lifted. And, um, yeah, just the Central West Cycleway, uh, is, is a is a great bike ride, um, nice and not nice and easy. Um, you know, if you, you judge a, a difficult bike ride by how many times you have to get off your bike and and uh, walk it up a hill um, or through sand and on the Central West Cycleway, I didn't have to get off the bike once and and uh, able to ride the entire time. So it's just a really really great trip and highly recommend it to anyone um yeah so there are you know lots and lots of trips to do in the future but uh that one there is one that that anyone inside new south wales can do uh at any time but the other states have got some fantastic bike rides and um yeah, looking forward to to uh, the covid restrictions being lifted and being able to get out and and, and do some of the things that we've got planned for the future but uh, those ones there are, are, are great trips Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that, Tim, because I had a very cheap bike and I recently started riding around the neighborhood. And I was thinking from there to trips you have been doing to get there, there's a bit of a journey I have to take, I suppose. <laughs> How do you stay fit to do these kind of big adventures you have been doing, multi-day trips, even on a bike or hiking? or rescues because i know you go tra for training is there a routine you follow every day oh look i i i was a distance runner um i, I used to enjoy doing uh doing long distance um, um jogging and um 
and a few fun runs, but uh, my, my knees have packed it in these days. So that's why I've really taken to the bike riding and, and I just get out and I try and ride every day. Um, and it, it doesn't matter uh, what sort of exercise you do. The best thing to do is to simply get out the door, uh, be it walking, um, running or, or riding. I'll usually, no, these days because I'm retired and I have the time, uh, I'll, I'll try and ride every day. And I, if I can, I, I try and knock up about 30 kilometres a day. Um, but that's, you know, you have, to, you have to have the time to do that. And that's about, you know, just under two hours uh, riding. But, um, you know, if you can, just do whatever you're able to do. Go for a, a half hour, you know, half hour ride or a mm-hmm. half an hour run. Um, and uh, if you if you like it, if you enjoy it, uh, build it up and just just get out if you can. Uh, plan to get out every day. If you plan to get out every day, you you generally speaking get out at least five times a week, and that sort of exercise that's a, that's the thing that will that will just get you doing it. But again, it has to be something that you like doing. Uh, if, if you don't like doing it, find an exercise that you do. Most important thing is just to get out the door. Um, and uh, and yeah, get out the door and, and enjoy doing what you do and just build up from there. Find a, a, find something that you find a, a distance that you're comfortable at doing. I used to try and run um, 10, 10 kilometres a day when I was running and um, and do some bigger bigger runs once a week or once a fortnight. And then um, when I'm bike ride, I usually try and ride for you know three quarters of an hour. Um, to an hour and a half and these days I get out about an hour 50 and uh, and try and, and punch out just over 30 kilometres. But it doesn't matter. All you've got to do is find what you enjoy and get out and do it and that's the best way. Yeah, there's always a way around, I suppose. As you said, bike is a great option as well and you don't need expensive bike because I've got a very cheap bike. cost me only uh, less than 200 bucks. Uh, second hand and I'm able to get out with it so yeah that's a great advice Tim next thing I wanted to really understand if you had ever had any near misses on a trip or you had a companion in the trip who had near misses and you had to uh, build a rescue team and try to help in the situation uh, I've um, like like everyone who's, if you if you do enough trips, something's going to go wrong. Um, and uh, I, uh, as I said, the uh, when I was a teenager, we had trips that didn't go well. That first Arethusa trip uh, that didn't go well, we got benighted, and we think the best thing to do uh, is to to just take stock, and uh, we um, we retraced our steps because we had to get to school on Monday uh, so uh, you know we, we, we um, made a tactical retreat and never be afraid to do that that's the the, the very best thing uh, and I've had plenty of trips where I've had people who are injured um, uh, and uh, as soon as they are if, if you find someone who is either injured or is not coping uh, with the trip the best thing to do is is stop figure out are they going to be able to do the trip and if not, turn around and get the safest way back out. Um, And I've done that many, many times on many trips and never afraid to do that. Uh, And if if you do that, um, I think uh, you'll you'll find that uh, you'll you'll be able to get yourself out of trouble uh, rather than persevering and getting into more trouble. And I have, um, yeah, I've looked at trips. I'll, I'll always study the maps. I always take a, a paper map with me. Um, I uh, don't. Uh, I, I, I like having a look at the at the electronic maps, but I always take a paper map with me. And I'm always looking for if anything goes wrong, where could I bail out? Uh, what ridge line could I make my way up? What looks um, plausible? What's a plausible route on a map? And uh, I'm always just trying, just trying to figure out how could I get out of a situation if anything went wrong. And uh, and I've used that many times. Uh, I haven't had to haven't had to uh, get help to do that. Um, but one of the one of the trips where something um, a, a few few uh, I've had a few trips where things have gone slightly wrong. Um, one of the one of the ones that could have t- 
turned out uh, um, seriously, was on a, on a Canangra uh, canyon trip where I um, had a, a mate who I used to always go canyoning with um, and the two of us would go canyoning uh, together. We were quite comfortable with our own skills and uh, the two of us would go and, uh, and do some of the canyons up, up in Canangra and we took a, uh, a third person, another friend we hadn't been canyoning with before and uh, we, we, we went over before we went uh, what system we'd used for tying knots in the end of the ropes, particularly on the big Canangra walls. Um, trip so that uh, you'd, if you if you missed your ledge, there was no chance of of abseiling past your knot. Um, and we we explained it. We told the, the 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 system that we used with usually two knots in the rope that you're not going to pull down, and a single knot in the rope that you are going to. Uh, two knots on the rope you're going to pull on and, and one knot only in the rope that's going to be going up and uh, he didn't quite understand it or we didn't explain it well enough and he didn't take the knot out of the rope and it, that knot got stuck uh, up at the anchor and um, we had to make a decision on what we did and the uh, mate that I was with was a much better climber than me so using the, the tail of the uh, of the rope that we'd pulled down on, uh, I belayed him back up, and he put in protection uh, as he went up using uh, using some slings and some gear that we had with us, some um, some pitons, and uh, and he uh, we he was able to climb up and uh, got his way back up to the uh, to the anchor, and. Um, uh, whilst I, I belayed him, he'd, he'd climb up a bit, put in some protection and then climb down a little, take out one bit of protection and then just replacing protection all the way up. He was able to climb the the, uh, the, the 40 or so metres back up to the top and, uh, and retrieved our rope. Um, but we were, you know, we did it. We were able to belay it and we were able to get out and continue on with our trip otherwise we would have been people stuck on, on a on a ledge in uh, in Canangra and um, trying to trying to get help and waiting for a rescue party so that was the that's the most serious thing that's ever happened to us we were lucky that, that my mate was a good climber and he was confident in his climbing abilities and he trusted my belaying um, that he was able to climb up and get us out of what was a dicey situation. And uh, I've made sure that that, that sort of thing never happens again. Double checking a rope before we pull it down um, and learn from your mistakes. And luckily, we were able to get out of that one. Um, so that's, that's probably the most serious one that I have ever had uh, on a trip. But again, plenty of trips where, where people have either become uh, ill uh, or have got injured uh, with a fall, and we've able, or we were always able to walk our way out, um, and uh, have never been lucky enough, never have to call a rescue, uh, a rescue party in. We've always been able to make it back to the car, but that's, um, yeah, that's just one of the things that I'll always do. Always take a paper map with me, and always looking for a route out uh, if needed. Wow, that was a fantastic um, story, Tim, about Kenangra because I've been there on a few canyons and I can see the big drops and climbing that kind of distance is pretty impressive, that situation. And, and, and you're right, planning is one of the most important things, I suppose. If you plan for every possible scenario, then you can get out of the worst scenario possible sometimes. And yes, looking for a way out, especially in a canyon, because sometimes it's very narrow slot. So if you're always looking for exit and thinking in those terms, I think it always helps if things go peer-shaped, I suppose. So what kind of uh, trips, in uh, canyoning trips, do you normally enjoy more? exploratory or sports type or longer days what's your preference not generally uh, the ones that i really enjoy the most are the are the, are the big canyons the the um, canangra like i said i went there as a teenager and i i, I still love it um you know danai brook probably one of the favorites and uh, um it's just it's just good. So uh, one of the trips that we did down down Danai, we uh, uh, wanted to to make the exit more interesting. So we we came out via Therat Spires, the uh, the uh, the 
the great peaks that you can see uh, from Canangra walls. So we did a trip down Danai Brook and ag- exited out Therat Spires and across Big Misty and back to our car. So um, if anyone wants to look that up on the map, they can see that. It's pretty easy to see where the route is. And we did a, uh, a skyline traverse across Therat Spires, the, the three of those. And um, that was that was good and interesting. And we did it it back from uh, car to car in uh, in right on 12 hours so it was a big day as they always are up at Canangra but that was a that was a, a great trip and all of all of those trips up in, around Canangra are, uh, I just find them awe inspiring um, but the you know the blue mountains and the and the wet canyons are, are, are just as much fun um, so you know I I do enjoy all of them but I, I've only ever um, um, done the canyon in New South Wales I've never done any canyon outside of New South Wales um, but there are uh, those ones there when you when you live in Sydney and you've got uh, you've got the Blue Mountains and the, and uh, and Canangra uh, as you, um, you know all of the canyons along Bell and um, and uh, all of the stuff around Canangra it's a great playground to have so um, yeah Canangra is definitely my favorite but there's lots of other good things around. We are quite lucky to have so many canyons just around the corner for us, a few hours drive. And I do love Kanangra area as well. Recently, I have been also exploring Bangonia. I only, I know it's only a few canyons there, but I just love the drops in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's just fantastic to look at. Do you have any um, trips that you would like to accomplish this summer? Uh, the... Oh, more than anything else, just getting back out. Um, you know, it's, it's been rusty like everybody with, uh, with <laughs> locked up with COVID. So yeah. I'm just going to go and do do some of the uh, some of the multi pitch abseils in the Blue Mountains. And um, yeah, look, if I can, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get out to some of the some of the classic canyons and um, like you know, like Hostral. Um, been retired, I can do them midweek um, as <laughs> I used to do with the fire brigade. So uh, getting out and avoiding the crowds and doing some of the some of the canyons midweek week is uh is is one of the things that i'd love to do uh again so um yeah i'd like to just get out and and uh brush a few of the cobwebs off and do some of the some of the good canyons in you know up around mount wilson or uh any anywhere um through bell as well so um yeah, if i can get another uh claustral in uh, uh that'd be that'd be a a great thing to 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 get out and do uh, a way to celebrate the end of uh, COVID restrictions. I agree, Tim. Uh, I think we should organise some trips back <laughs> now. Now everybody probably itching to get out, anyways. Yeah. And yeah, I'm quite happy. It's summer is here, and hopefully we stay open. And we have done quite well, I think, in Australia with vaccine and everything. So yes. hopefully we can have more adventures to come. Mm-hmm. No, well, as soon as we do, there's, you know, I, I uh, had to cancel a trip down to Tasmania. I was looking at the, the uh, riding the, ta- uh, the Tasmania Trail. Um, oh, no. I still, you know, I'm, I uh, had to cancel it because of, uh, because of the COVID restrictions. But uh, it's, a, it's a trail that you can do either as a, uh, a, a bushwalk, uh, a, a bike ride or a, um, a horse trip so i believe uh so um just i've only read about it and i've i've, I've planned the trip we were looking at um at doing at, at um at doing the trip uh it's about 430 k's uh from uh, from devonport uh i believe it finishes down in uh down in dover uh and we were looking at riding down there then turning around and riding back so we did get the ferry down uh, do the trip down, turn uh, turn around, do the the ride back up, and do it uh, as um, you know around about a, a, a eighteen to to twenty day trip. Um, so that's one where like I said I haven't haven't finalised the planning for that yet, but COVID put uh, put a stop to it. So I'm really looking forward to when we can get back back down in Tasmania and and uh, and doing that as a bike ride. Um, I'd love to do the Larapinda uh, Trail uh, in Northern Territory. It, uh, Alice Springs do that as a as a bushwalk along the Larapinda. That's that's another one on the bucket list that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to being able to do. Um, have to wait for the for the cooler months. So uh, it's one that I'd like to do uh, in the first part of next year um, when it gets a little cooler. 
um, the Victorian rail trails, once we're able to uh, easily get back into into Victoria, the ride in the Victorian rail trails would be would be great. And um, uh, if we if we we can do international travel and still get uh, insurance in case you do get COVID, you know things like on the bucket list is the the Camino, doing the Camino Santiago. Um, uh, that'd be uh, again something that I'd really love to do a a, a, a great big couple of months uh, walk um, is something that I'd I'd really like to have a crack at. And a few friends have done it, and uh, they tell great stories about it. So, uh, and you, you read lots about it. And, and uh, when you're on some of the bigger um, bushwalks, you'll always see people making uh, making comment about uh, the Camino, and, uh, and it's something that I, that uh, uh, again on the bucket list, I'd love to have a crack at one day. I almost did Camino de Santiago uh, when I was traveling in Europe. But unfortunately, I didn't realize I ran out of my Schengen visa, so I had to leave. I had only, I could only do parts of it, but it was with another club, so I couldn't commit to the whole trip, so I had to cancel it. So it's still on my bucket list, just mm -hmm. like you. And a lot of other long-distance hikes around Europe. There is one in Turkey as well I found around the coast you can do uh, less than a month. That was pretty uh, impressive, and I wanted to do that. I did end up doing, I would recommend uh, hiking across Switzerland, very mm -hmm. beautiful country. And you can do two different passes. One is via Alpina, which takes 365 kilometers. So it takes around 20 days. Or you can go through mountains, which is 600 something kilometer and fantastic hike, very well marked. And usually if you stay on pla on the way in a different refugio or town, so you don't have to carry a lot of stuff either. So, yeah, definitely recommend. And just like you, I think I really enjoy being in the bush for multiple days. I think I don't even go for one-day hikes anymore <laughs> because <laughs> being in the bush for a couple of days really soaks. Soaking it in is a whole different experience I find now. You have to, um, you know, you've got a task. You set yourself a task. You set yourself a goal. And, uh, and you just get into the rhythm. And once you're in the rhythm and, and you know, you just enjoy being in the bush and you enjoy that, that, um, that mental challenge of being able to, um, you know, to, to push yourself, don't do it if you don't enjoy it and, and be prepared to stop if things go wrong. But that, that great trip of, of planning, you know, a, a, a three or four week bushwalk um, is is great resupplies in your towns all of your logistics on how you're going to do it but um, you know that's what I just really enjoy uh, big bushwalks big bike rides uh, big big trips like that I uh, I find the planning good and uh, and I enjoy that that solitude that you get out there and um, being able to do it with my brother uh, is another great thing. Plenty of people when we're, when we're bushwalking just say, I wouldn't be able to spend two days with my brother, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, let, let, let alone uh, two, three, four weeks. So uh, you get, get comments like that a lot. But uh, uh, the, the, the two of us just enjoy it. You're not in, in each other's pockets. You can, uh, you can spend a lot of time together. You can spend a lot of time apart and um, uh, meet up for lunch, meet up, for, uh, meet up at our campsite and, um, and just yeah, enjoy it, enjoy time just walking, walking together or riding together and then lots of times just riding apart. You're there with your own thoughts, and uh, yeah, I, I, I find it great. I really, really enjoy it. So, and can um, yeah, highly recommend the the great big long trips uh, to to anyone who wants to give them a go. And there there's there's plenty of them, uh, plenty of them. Certainly, lots of them in Australia and um, and yeah, around the world. Are yeah, many many more things to do, and uh, just waiting for. For, for the world to open up with COVID and hopefully that won't be too far off. I see when I do stuff at the club, I see you know a lot of people for years now. So I'm assuming you have made a lot of friends through the club as well? 
Yes, there are. But that's right. There's lots of people. I, I talk to them, talk to them regularly, and we uh, just look looking look forward to, to being able to catch up post COVID too. But yeah, I've got a lot of friends that that uh, I, I enjoy uh, spending time with. Um, you know, we, we know each other, we know our skills, we know our strengths and our weaknesses, and you only find that out when you when you go on some um, good trips, uh, some some tough trips with people, and you'll certainly learn uh, the the people that uh, that you enjoy spending time with, and there are lots of people in the in the bushwalking club uh, who I, I really I really enjoy their company. We've got a, a great bunch of people who enjoy doing the same sorts of things. Uh, so um, yeah, getting out and 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 doing the yeah doing the the big canyon trips, the big multi pitch abseils, um, and uh, and the the some of the some of the bigger bushwalks. It's uh, it is just enjoyable. So yeah, I've got some some lifelong friends and uh, people who have now moved interstate, and I still keep in contact with them, and would still love to catch up with them. Um, you know, after uh, whenever we're able. And um, there, that's some of the things that I'm looking to now that I've retired, and uh, and um, uh, you know, I'll I'll have the time uh, to go and spend doing some of that. Um, catching up with friends and uh, and getting out in the bush. And I, I remember you gave a presentation in the club as well about your climbing in Yosemite, which was quite impressive. So not just caving, not just canyoning or bushwalking or bike ride. You t- happen to be a climber as well. So yeah. would you, would you give it a give it a bit bit brief about that? Oh, How yeah. did you well, get into yeah. climbing? Oh, no, I've you know as. Um, Starting off in, in in scouts, we just used to go climbing as well. Um, and I was I, I'm not a good climber. I'm a very mediocre climber, uh, but I just enjoy um, I enjoy going out uh, doing um, uh, traditional climbing, the trad climbing as they call it. Uh, you have to have some good friends that you really trust that you do the, that you go climbing with. Um, and uh, I've I've got some some older friends that that I've done climbing with and that's uh, was one of those mates um, uh, a mate of mine from the fire brigade and we were lucky enough to go across to Yosemite uh, and um, he's a he, he is a, a much better climber than me but uh, both of us enjoy our rigging and our technical climbing so we uh, we just did some aid climbing uh, in um, uh, in Yosemite um, and uh, and we we took uh, we just did a, an, an aid route. We only had a few days there, so we just wanted to do something that we could tick off, saying that we did something exciting, and we climbed Lost Arrow Tip uh, as an aid climb. Um, and, uh, you know, technical climbing with a lot of exposure, um, some technical rope work to get back from the from the tip of uh, Lost Arrow back to the uh, uh, back up to the um, back up to the start point, the tree that you abseil down off, and uh, it, it was a, a lot of exposure, uh, and you have to you have to trust your own ability, and you have to trust the ability of your of your climbing partner, and um, yeah, so that was a it was a good trip. It was a big day. Started out uh, in the dark, ended up getting back uh, to uh, to our camp. At, uh, at Camp Curry uh, back after dark as well, but um, yeah, I'm not up there with the good climbers. But uh, I I was able to to enjoy uh, doing some some climbing in the really really big country in um, in Yosemite National Park. And you know the fact that I've 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 done Lost Arrow Trip. It's something that uh, that plenty of people haven't you know not able to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't put myself up there as a great climber. Uh, but I do enjoy climbing. I enjoy the technical roping of it. I enjoy the rigging, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I do what I can. I do some low grade uh, lead climbs um, uh, up in the Blue Mountains, but you've got to trust the people that you're with, and uh, and and that's that's what I enjoy. And I've got some some younger younger mates in the fire brigade. Um, and uh, and I'll I'll go out with them, but they're they're good climbers, and I just go along, and they're happy to have an old bloke along with them for for a day. So uh, that that's all that I do these days. Uh, a, a small amount of climbing. I still go to the 
the climbing gym, I try and practice twice a week if I can go to the go to the uh, the climbing gym just to keep my fitness up. But um, no, very very um, very ordinary climber. But uh, I, I just do what I enjoy doing, and uh, and a, a trip like that into some fantastic country in Yosemite National Park again is something that I'll uh, I'll remember for the rest of my life. So good to hear that, Tim, because, yeah, after sh sh seeing your presentation and just looking at the pictures, I think I was feeling very lucky to have known somebody like you who has done so many things. And even talking to you today, it has brought me a lot of joy just reminiscing on things you like doing because a lot of similar things I do, uh, canyoning, and I'm trying to get into caving. And I used to do a lot of climbing. Now I'm trying to get back into it too after a few years. So hopefully I can climb with you one day because, yeah, it's it's great activity and I have the similar feeling. I, I get a lot of joy out of all these things and just talking to you, I feel like I want to discuss so many more things with you, but we have come to um, towards the end of this episode for our um, podcast. If, if I would like to ask you to give our audience some advice because you have been giving a lot of advice during the whole podcast, so thank you so much for that. Uh, if uh, you have, do you have any parting words for our audience today, Tim? Uh, the 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 best thing to do is the the best bit of advice I can give everyone is you know, find something that you enjoy doing and uh, and just get out and do it. And uh, and like I said, I was lucky enough uh, to find all of the the rope sports, the outdoor activities uh, as a teenager. Uh, and I've enjoyed them. I've been able to enjoy them throughout my uh, career as a uh, in the fire brigade, uh, and uh, continue to do them uh, through uh, all of my, my friends with uh, Bankstown Bushwalking Club. Find what you do, uh, and just get out there and enjoy it. Whatever it is, all you've got to do is just uh, in, enjoy getting out. Do as much as you can, uh, and um, and just. Uh, if you if you enjoy if you do what you love, uh, you'll you'll have a, a a long and healthy life. I agree with that, Tim, and uh, thank you so much for coming here on our episode and telling us all about your experience. That's very valuable for me, and I'm assuming for I'm hoping for audience too. And also, thanks for sharing your knowledge in the club as well, because I've benefited a lot from those trainings and i'm looking forward to do more trips with you tim yep i look forward to it as well kavita and uh yeah so that should be a 20 2022 will be a much better year and uh, we'll get out and about and do as much as we can perfect thank you tim and have a great day thanks a lot okay bye bye That was Tim Fox for you guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the chat and listening to his amazing adventures and experience of rescue in the caves and outside too. I personally really enjoyed uh, this episode and I learned a lot during uh, our conversation. So stay tuned and we'll be back with the next episode. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>